Hey everybody, welcome to the weekly show where we take a look back and forward at some of the biggest news affecting the sport that we love. Whether it's a broken home run record, a famous player's birth, or a major franchise trade, we'll have it all covered. I'm Jeff Lambert, and this is This Week in Baseball History. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another week, another episode where we go through and check out the most exciting moments in baseball history. Doesn't matter if it's a birth, a death, a trade. This time of year, it's a lot of playoff implications, whether it's actual playoff games or clinching births or breaking records. And we have some great ones this week to go through. So let's go ahead, not waste any more time and get into it. Just a quick thank you. If you're subscribed to this podcast, that means that you have signed up either as a free subscriber or as a paid subscriber to uh, the Rounder Substack. So thank you for taking that extra step and supporting me and what I'm trying to build here. It means a lot. So, all right, let's go ahead and get into this week's most notable moments. On September 25, 1956, the legendary Satchel Paige, at the age of 59, made a remarkable return to the major leagues where he pitched for the Kansas City Athletics against the Boston Red Sox. And despite his age, he pitched three scoreless innings, allowing only one hit and really defied common perceptions of age limitations in professional sports. Now, the Athletics owner, Charles O'Finley, he made the event special and he dubbed it Satchel Page Night, and he had his name inscribed on all of the Athletics uniforms. On September 26, 1981, Nolan Ryan threw his fifth no-hitter. He was pitching for the uh, Houston Astros at the time, and he set a new MLB record with this fifth no-no. And he would go on to throw two more in his career, finishing with seven total no-hitters. And that's a record that still stands today. It's one that we discussed in our last main episode about baseball's most unbreakable records. The game came against the Los Angeles Dodgers, and it ended with a 5-0 victory for the Astros. Nolan Ryan pitched a complete game without allowing any hits, striking out 11 batters and walking three. On September 27, 1914, Napla Joy reached the 3,000 hit mark. Yes, that's right. Napla Joy, he achieved this significant milestone in his 21-season career. And up until that point, only two other players had reached the 3,000 hit mark, and that was Honus Wagner and Cap Anson. Now, LaJoy, he reached that milestone towards the end of his career, but during his most successful years, that came with uh, the time that he played for the Cleveland Naps, which was the team that was actually named after him, which later became the Cleveland Indians. We have a whole team autopsies episode I would recommend that you check out. So during LaJoy's time with the Indians, or the Naps, I should say, named after him, he consistently ranked among the league leaders in batting average, hits, and RBIs. And in fact, he won the American League batting title five times, including three consecutive seasons from 1901 to 1903. He played in over 100 games in each of his 21 seasons, and that really showcased his ability to stay healthy and contribute to his team's success over that 21-year career. On September 28, 1941, Ted Williams hit 406 for the season. That's right, Ted Williams of the Boston Red Sox. He finished the season with a batting average of 406, and he has become the last player to hit over 400 for a season. 
So Ted Williams, if you're not familiar, you're known as the splendid splinter Teddy Ballgame. He was a left fielder for the Boston Red Sox, and throughout his career, he established himself as one of the greatest hitters of all time, and he was renowned for those exceptional batting skills. And during that 1941 season, Williams had been putting up remarkable numbers at the plate. And as the regular season was coming to an end, there was this intense speculation about whether he was going to be able to maintain a batting average of 400 because that milestone had not been reached before this point until Bill Terry had done it in 1930. So on September 28th, the Red Sox faced the Philadelphia Athletics at Fenway Park and going into the game, Williams' batting average stood at .39955, which would have rounded up to 400. So in the first game, this was a doubleheader that day, Williams went four for five, and that raised his average to 406. So his final stat line for the year stayed at that 406. He also hit 37 home runs and 120 RBI, and he had an incredible 553 on-base percentage. And these numbers earned him, of course, the prestigious American League MVP award. On September 29th, 1954, In Game 1 of the World Series, Willie Mays made an over-the-shoulder catch in the 8th inning known simply as the catch. He robbed Vic Wirtz of the Cleveland Indians of an extra base hit. And the catch not only prevented the Indians from scoring, but it also allowed the Giants to win the game in extra innings. And this play shifted the momentum of the series in favor of the Giants, and it's often credited as a turning point that allowed the Giants to go on and win. And this play is often considered one of the greatest defensive plays in baseball history. It's become iconic in this sport. And of course, Willie Mays, he had a legendary career. He earned numerous accolades, and he's regarded as one of the greatest players of all time. On September 30th, 1927, Babe Ruth hit his 60th home run. He set a new single season record by hitting that long shot. And that record stood for 34 years until Roger Maris surpassed it in 1961 when he hit 61 home runs. Now, going back, Ruth's number 60 on this day came in a game against the Washington Senators at Yankee Stadium in New York City. He hit the milestone home run off of pitcher Tom Zachary in the eighth inning. And it helped the New York Yankees win the game 4-2. Root's record-breaking season in 1927 is often considered one of the greatest individual accomplishments in baseball history. Those 60 long balls, that accounted for 14% of all home runs hit in the American League that year. And of course, the Yankees, which were led by Root's incredible performance, they won the World Series that season. And of course, that earned them the nickname that stuck with them for a while, Murderer's Robe, just because of the insane offensive talent that that team uh, possessed. And on October 1st, 1932, we're going right back to Babe Ruth. This was the day of the infamous called shot. Let's talk about it. During Game 3 of the World Series, Babe Ruth allegedly pointed to the center field bleachers and then hit a home run to that exact spot on the next pitch. And this event is known as the called shot. It's one of the most debated moments in baseball history. So it's the fifth inning of the game, and the score is tied 4-4. to And Babe Ruth steps up to the plate. And he's facing Chicago Cubs pitcher Charlie Root. And they're in a tense battle. The the count is getting towards full. And as the story goes, Ruth points towards the center field bleachers, seemingly indicating his intention to hit a home run to that very spot. 
Now the crowd just erupts in excitement. They're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Uh, this is amazing. He's going to call his shot. And then in this moment of sheer baseball magic, Ruth swings his bat and the ball goes soaring over the outfield wall, precisely where he had allegedly pointed the moment before. But hold on, some witnesses, including Ruth's teammates, they of course said, yeah, that's where he was pointing. We saw it. They backed up their teammate. But others, including the pitcher Charlie Root himself, denied that it ever happened. He maintained that Ruth was simply gesturing towards the Cubs' dugout, engaging in some friendly banter with the opposing team, and that he wasn't pointing to where the ball went. And of course, you know, the legend took over, and that's not really what happened. So, unfortunately, the truth behind the called shot, it remains somewhat elusive due due to the lack of concrete evidence. We do have some photos, and it's very clear that Ruth is pointing. I would encourage you to take a look at that. There's some links, obviously, in the notes that you can check out. I would love to hear your feedback on that. And this debate uh, surrounding the event, it's become a part of baseball folklore, baseball history. It's a fun thing to debate about. It's captivated historians long before me. And, uh, you know, I think it's fun to speculate and analyze about what might have happened that fateful day. So I'd love to hear your feedback on that. Well, folks, we've reached the end of another episode and want to thank you so much for making this a part of your week. And I hope it uh, gives you some joy and some relaxation this weekend. We're gearing up for the playoffs in real time with baseball. It's an exciting time to be a fan of the sport. Real quick as a plug, uh, if you're not a paid subscriber for the show and you think you can financially uh, support us, please take a moment to consider it. We're building an independent sports media movement here, and I try and give you some perks if you can sign up as a premium subscriber. You get the main show, Rounders, a whole day earlier without any ads. You get a sneak peek at the secret list of upcoming episodes so you can see what's coming down the pipe. I also ask you questions, uh, premium subscribers, about the upcoming episodes, and I'll read your comments in episode so you can have like a direct input and say as to your opinions about what we're discussing. I'm also planning on building out like an exclusive chat for the people who are premium subscribers, uh, some exclusive events, some other fun stuff just for the premium members. And then, of course, we have our even higher third tier, which is our starting nine crew. Those are people that want to give a little bit more and want to be direct producers in the show. You get your name in the show credits. You get to pick an episode topic every year. So if you have the ability to support financially and help me grow the show, of course, I would obviously appreciate it. You can click the link in the show notes to do that. But overall, just thanks for listening. Thanks for, like I said, making this a part of your day. It does mean a lot to me. That's all for this week. It's been a pleasure spending time with you, and I will see you on the next episode.